Hello. And welcome to the Tony Awards. Tony with an I. The podcast where we go through the entire filmography of Tony Collette. I'm Sam. I'm Jake. And joining us today, we have two very special guests, Mr. Tony Sykowski. Hey, thank you for having me. And Mr. Vivek Netraconti. Yeah, this is going to be fun. And today we are talking about A Long Way Down, released in 2014, directed by Pascal Chomail, uh, based on the novel by Nick Hornby, about four strangers who meet on the same rooftop when they're about to kill themselves, and then they decide not to kill themselves. So I don't know what everybody's background is with suicide here, um, <laughs> but I was I shouldn't very have laughed excited. so callously. I was very excited to watch this movie as um, a suicide aficionado myself. Um, aficionado? I don't know, what did you guys think? Yeah, just, you know, I'm always considering it. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually felt that uh, it like kind of made light of mental health issues probably a little bit too much. You know, yeah. like I think it, I mean, there's, this is a problem with a lot of these kinds of movies. Um, but like, I guess there's this idea that like, well, I'm just gonna give this person like a big speech about how much they matter. And then, you know, everything's gonna be fine, right? And so I feel like, uh, you know, like it definitely wasn't like a very nuanced portrayal of, uh, of mental health. Yeah, I mean, I thought the movie would have been better if they had all just killed themselves. <laughs> <laughs> At the beginning or the end? I would say, you know, beginning, the but beginning. the end would make sense. Uh, or like yeah, in a row. Said, I will say, and I don't know if any of you guys have played GoldenEye on the N64, okay? Mm -hmm. But I idolized Pierce Brosnan, yep. like without even knowing who he was. But like when I was a kid, my opinion of what a man was, was Pierce Brosnan. Because he was James <laughs> Bond in that GoldenEye N64 game, right? And so every mm -hmm. time I see him, I am very excited. So that was like my major positive of this movie. It was like, oh yeah, I used to like... Uh, you know, shoot people with you as a six-year-old than the Nintendo 64, man. <laughs> yeah, I used Isn't to be inside of, of you through a game console. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Isn't he kind of just, Brosnan. like, he's kind of just like a, a evil twin version of Colin Firth, right? Uh, I guess. Yeah, a I guess they bit. kind of look the same. Yeah. Well, they're both British, and he's got, I, yeah, I would say Colin Firth, they would be a good, like, good twin, bad twin like combo in a film. Aren't they both in Mamma Mia or am I making that up? I think they are. I haven't seen it, but I I have friends who love it and I'm convinced. I haven't seen it either, right? I really should have. Um, on that note, you were talking about of how it makes light. I do agree with that, but I do actually, I do appreciate the fact that the reasoning wasn't like flat out said like, you know how many people would be so sad if you were gone like i feel like that's the go-to line i don't think they, they like implied that but they weren't they didn't like you know flat out say it which i kind of appreciated yeah i kind of wish they but i it would have been nice if there was a point where some, they were like but pierce brosnan what about the 15 year old she would miss you so much <laughs> oh god okay. dude that's so a really good point and i wonder how much of that is uh is a british thing even though i guess it shouldn't be but I definitely feel like, you know, if you were to write that movie, that would be my note number one, right? Is that like, hey, this right. is not a likable character at all. Like, how am I going to turn around on this? Yeah. So for um, our one listener, 
uh, <laughs> almost immediately after we get introduced. Okay, so basic. Okay, around a minute <laughs> and thirty seconds into the movie, Pierce Brosnan's character informs the audience that he went to prison for statutory rape, um, <laughs> and they keep on talking about it throughout the movie, but they never really like actually talk about it it's just kind of something that people bring up to remind each other that pierce brosnan is kind of a piece of shit and he never feels like any remorse either well they bring it up as if it's like a like a funny goof as if it's like the like thing is like if you like peed in the park and like got caught you know what i mean i feel like i had to pay a 25 dollar fine yeah exactly like they definitely played for like laughs in a way that is like very uncomfortable yeah, well, he said uh, he could have swore she was 25. <laughs> that was, that's the only defense he made of it. Yeah. I know, for my own sake of, like, not hating him every time I saw him on screen, I just believed that as a viewer. Sure. Like, the whole movie. Yeah. And but, then um, yeah, should we lose... Oh, go. No, I was just going to say, should we talk about, like, each of them and before... Well, you... I was going to say, um, this is later sort of hinted at it's not hinted i just thought it was funny that later on like 20 minutes later when they're looking for uh imogen poots in the club it's just him screaming at the most underage looking girls there have you seen jess i know i thought they were gonna have him get arrested again yeah <laughs> and that's that funny that would have been so great yeah <laughs> i would have been into that um, and then slowly but surely, it, we find out that it's a James Bond film. And slowly but surely, we find out this is the basis for GoldenEye 2. On <laughs> Switch. That would have been, the worst been James a real Bond twist. <laughs> when will there be a James Bond movie where the Bond girl is underage? That's what I want to know. Um, all of them. <laughs> That's a retcon. I will say, um, when you were mentioning you wanted to go through... The characters. I think Tony Collette definitely did the best, like acting performance. Oh my god, she saved this fucking movie. I think her and I, kind of Aaron Paul. I honestly liked Imogen Poots's character the best. I think just because she was uh, the most dynamic, she was kind yeah. of the only one that was affecting any change. I just didn't really like how her. Um, I feel like I felt like her at the beginning was like the most unbelievable and like stagey yeah. of the characters, and it's not her fault, and she did a good, she sold it, but it was like, so I guess basically, the film, the way they all meet each other is, Colin for I mean Pierce Brosnan goes to the <laughs> roof, and I always thought about you, Sam, because each time they follow one character for a while, like they do a voiceover narration, and you hate that so much. Um, so they start with Pierce Brosnan, but then, so Tony comes to the roof to kill herself, Imogen Poots, who also starred with Tony in Fright Night, and I didn't even realize that until the end, because she wasn't British in Fright Night. No, So she that wasn't. threw me off. They were both American. I didn't know uh, that Tony Collette was Australian, by the way, because yes. I've only seen her in movies where she's American. Yes, yeah. she has a very convincing American, British, and Australian dialect, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then. And Swedish. Well, was that the was that eight and a half women? Yeah, she was like Swedish or something in that. I think that I read um 
on like the IMDb trivia for this like really terrible movie that she did early on in her career about like sex trafficking, but it was a comedy. Um, <laughs> she like invented She's her so- own <laughs> accent to do for that yeah. movie. That was like a combination of like Swedish and like Austrian and just a bunch of different things. And I, and kind of the whole thing was supposed to be that you never know where she's from. And she's also like a nun and she's bald. She was like, and she has about eight minutes of screen time. And her boobs are in four of them. <laughs> yes. She doesn't really bear it all in a while, um, physically, but emotionally she has, for sure. <laughs> um, and then Aaron Paul of Breaking Bad. Actually, was this like, this is like right during or after Breaking Bad, I feel like. This was 2014. It would have been yeah, after, right after or during. Or like right after, yeah. Yeah. I think Aaron so, Paul did a good job. Price. I think the one thing that I appreciated about Tony Collette, and I think this is true of her just career in general, is like... Uh, she doesn't play the same character every single time. Whereas no. I feel like Aaron Paul, he kind of does the same character, right? Mm-hmm. In every, so I'm a little bit less impressed with like, oh, they just cast him specifically to be like, you know, this like young, like fuck up kind of guy. And then the other thing is her character, Maureen, is like the most sympathetic one out of the four of them. Cause like yes. she doesn't do anything wrong. Whereas the other ones all are kind of like, you know, like especially Pierce Brosnan is pretty bad, but like Aaron Paul lies about having cancer, which is pretty fucked up. And uh, whatever, Imogene Poots, like, I guess she just steals stuff and like, yeah. I don't know. She I, feel just... like I think if this movie was made today, I don't know if Imogene Poots' character would be so heavily featured, which is like this rich white girl, you know, just like upset about how rich she is. That's kind of what that character came off to yeah. me. Yeah, I do think that like for, I, I, do you think that we never really got to like get down to like the meat of any of these characters mm-hmm. which i think is personally what made it kind of a boring movie to me because with pierce brosnan's character we just sort of hear the same few like sentences about him over and over again like he's kind he he's kind of a fame whore like he slept with an underage girl and then with Imogen's character, it's like, well, she's sad that her sister went missing and she's the daughter of a politician. It's like the sort of, it's kind of like throughout the script, they just keep repeating the breakdowns from the casting notices over and over again. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. See, <laughs> I felt like the, the characters were so boring in this movie the characters were in, they were so self-aware of it. They had to make up a new story to make people interested in their story. Like in yes. the film. Yeah. Right. So they had to like make those. up seeing an angel for anyone to care. There were a that lot of those plot it. points though, that sort of felt like, and this is bad for a movie that sort of felt like very self-contained. Like they did that whole thing, but then it just didn't matter really. Right. Same with like yeah. the reporter. They had that whole thing with the reporter and then she didn't matter either. And so there was yeah. like a good, portion of this movie where like everything that happened just didn't matter at all right and so like that was i think my biggest i mean let's let's keep it real this is not a good movie (laughs) oh yeah well i also i mean right off the bat so the roof they went to in the movie they said it's the what the highest suicide rate spot in london right yeah yeah but then they just let Pierce Brosnan walk in with a ladder. Yeah. <laughs> well, they they let them all walk in. Like it's yeah. So they popular let them all that, walk like, in. There's no yeah. security. I just kept thinking of because it's like there are places that with high suicide rates like that, like bridges. 
that they like put protective like guards around. Yeah, and right. I guess you would they think they a, would put like glass up at some point. Yeah, and they had a little bit of barbed wire there, but it was easily. The the roof is the door to the roof is just open for the determined like, sad person. Yeah. It's not that hard. Uh-huh. Yeah. This reminds me of um like that that case of Elisa Lamb, that woman who uh, went dude, missing while she was on Damn, vacation. you're about to make me freak out, by the way. <laughs> this is the creepiest thing I've wait, ever seen. Wait, I don't know about Explain this. it again, because I don't know the story. Okay, so Elisa I don't know the Lamb story. is basically this woman who um went like on vacation to California, and she uh, she went missing and was found dead in the water tank on the roof. With like, I think she, she was like fully naked, but her clothes were also in the tank as well as like all of her shit. And people, the the sort of big question is whether she got up there on her own. People were speculating that maybe she had a manic episode or like whether somebody killed her. And then there was somebody who went on YouTube to be like, well, if she was killed and the door to the roof was unlocked, then that narrows down the possibility of who could have killed her. So this person just went on YouTube, did like a POV video of themselves trying to find the roof of that hotel. And they just like go up a stairwell and the door to the roof is just open. So it's like, oh, like fucking anybody could have been up there. There's like no security cameras or anything. And that's what this rooftop situation reminded. I'm, I'm like, close, lock the door. Okay, the, the reason why that story is creepy, though, I feel like I have to justify why it's so scary. Yes. It's like there's this, like, footage of her, like, in an elevator before before all of this happens, right? Like, the day before, maybe. And, like, if you watch it, it's like, it looks like someone who thinks they're getting chased by, like, a, like an invisible demon, right? Mm-hmm. It's, like, really, really bizarre the way that she's acting. And knowing where she ends up, right, it's, like, so creepy to watch. And then the other thing that's like really mysterious about this is that like that water tank is like pretty it's even if like there's access to it it's like pretty heavy to like be able to I guess lift it on your own and like I guess completely submerge yourself and everything else that you have so it's just like the mystery of all this like and then like that video on top of it it's just like I don't know man it's it's super it's super fucked up they never solved it they never no they never solved it and then her like Tumblr kept on updating after she was dead. And mm. it wasn't like, and, and it wasn't like a situation where she had posts queued up because she'd be reblogging posts that were posted after she died or like after she went missing. So nobody really knows what the situation with that is either. Oh my God. Yeah. Dude, they should make that a movie and Tony Collette should be her. <laughs> that. <laughs> Tony yeah, that's so much more interesting. <laughs> Tony yeah. Collette as the water tank. She um, could do it. She has the range. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I can get back to the rooftop suicide, I had so many. Because <laughs> so they were like, because Tony Collette confronts like Pierce Brosnan's there about to kill himself, jump off the roof and land on the ground to kill himself, and then Tony Collette's like, "Hey." Uh, I'll wait, just go, and then I'll go. And she's like, what, going to jump on top of his dead corpse? <laughs> like, they all think they're just going to make, like, a pile of, like, corpses? Like, yeah, that's going to be a satisfying end? Well, I, did, I think this movie was written in a way, and people tell you not to write movies like this, but, like, I think they wrote a ton of jokes, and then, like, just were like, oh, it's funny. Like, we have a, and then it's, whereas you're supposed to, like, write plot, 
and then it's like oh you can add the jokes whenever right mm -hmm. and i feel like there was a lot of that like well we need to get this joke in of pierce brosnan saying like you know whatever the 20 minute thing that he says i forgot exactly what it is but like you know he says a bunch of like quote-unquote witty things and i I'm feel sorry, like that's... can i just uh repeat him to the waiter when they were on vacation hello angelo he said that out of nowhere and it took me yeah. it was so confusing <laughs> Where it was like he was supposed to be charming, but it just sounded like he was messing up the waiter's name. Okay, well, here's the witty part of that, is that their waiter's name was Angelo, and they had all seen an angel. Oh, uh, I see. So, but but he didn't actually he didn't save them. Anything, though. The waiter, I know. That would work if the waiter, like, I don't know, did something that mattered. He, he was like, you guys matter. You guys yeah. are, you guys' lives are so important. Yeah. Maybe should have just ended with them like forming a foundation called to write love on her arms. That <laughs> yeah. to me feels like on the same level of like effectiveness. <laughs> um, so yeah, I did think the um, the fact that they became famous was a little bit of a cop out. Um, like, also, would they be that famous for that, that they would be have paparazzi following them on like a resort far away from that country? No, I mean they don't really establish that at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I'm just grateful that they didn't like that they did Pierce Brosnan first before we realized that they would follow all of them <laughs> like that. Because I'm glad that like they ended with Tony because they're like this is where the actual emotional resonance is. Like we don't care about the others that much yeah, yeah i don't know yeah it also made for um i was so pleasantly surprised when the focus shifted from pierce brosnan's character to somebody else it was such a yeah. welcome reprieve i liked when she flashed that driver almost hit her like she that lifted cool. up her shirt that was a very uh endearing millennial trait <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But, okay. It's I'm hard sorry. to talk that, about this movie. Let's admit it. It's hard to talk about this movie. <laughs> that's why I was so fascinated with that first suicide scene when they all met or they were supposed to kill themselves. Because, like, why did what uh, Aaron Paul's character, JJ, bring a pizza onto the roof? <laughs> yeah, he's trying right? to kill himself. It's like he brought a pizza on the roof. And then, uh, what, Jess, the girl, she just sprints for the edge? Like, out of nowhere, she just uh, sprinting. Yeah. So I will also say, like, with with Aaron Paul's character, the fact that he, uh, you know, wanted to be in like a rock band and then because it didn't work, now it was time to end it all. Like, A, I was like, okay, maybe, come on, man, like we can do a better reason than this. And B, I was like, I don't know. It's like, as we're all like kind of comedians who it's, it's not really working out right now, right? It's like, yeah. that definitely hit a little bit too close to home where I was like, oh, this is a- uh, Like he already completely bad. immigrated to a new country though. So like, just go to another one. I mean, I don't know, like- <laughs> Yeah. The, and the other thing too, confidence somebody, to do that. As somebody who doesn't like post grunge music, right? Like he was basically making like Nickelback style music, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, this yeah. is good that your band didn't succeed, right? <laughs> like, I don't want that to be like what people are listening to. <laughs> I feel like he should have just started making his own meth and then, you know, sure, yeah, say he had yeah. cancer, you know. Um. But also, but I, I don't ma oh, think. Sorry, no. I was just saying, I don't think him lying about cancer is like that bad because. He only did it to tell them why he was killing himself. It's not like he like told the entire world about well, it. Well, he did though, didn't yeah. he? Didn't he end up telling everyone? Oh, did he? 
Yeah, he t- he talked about it on TV because he had oh, told them yeah. and he didn't right. want to tell the truth to them. That was like an Evan Hansen situation. But I like the fact he wouldn't tell the truth to them, but he was willing to t- say that to get laid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he was like he was like knows a jur- he dances with the the journalist uh what was her name? Uh Kat Kathy. Oh, um Tuppence Middleton plays her. She's in uh the the show Sense8. Oh, oh, wasn't that that was canceled. made by the Wachowskis? Um, it was canceled-ish. They made two seasons, and yeah, I remember there was like a controversy with people on Netflix were like, "Make a final movie," yeah. and they did. Oh, cool! Um, it was a pretty good. I show. mean, this cast actually, was really good. Like, it, which yeah. is what makes I think the cast is really good, and I actually think the premise of what this movie was is pretty good. Like, the first yes. couple minutes yeah. are interesting, and so like I do think that it's unfortunate that it was like squandered. Yeah. So for sure if it was a play it would have just been the first scene for like an hour and a half and it probably would have been better oh it would have been so good if it was just that yeah and i Tony's am finally like no, that the the book was just like character mom like each chapter is probably a different character talking about stuff it just didn't translate because i know nick hornby does a lot of that i heard that the yeah, book who is like nick hornby well, oh, well, he also wrote the book that uh, About a Boy right is based on, which was another oh. in which Tony Collette played a mother who tries to kill herself. Right. Yeah. Oh, my and God. Then, I love suicide. And that, was, that was the beginning of Tony's, like, journey of, like, mental health film. Yeah, mm-hmm. you could say that. Yeah, Nick Hornby's done a ton of stuff. Uh, wrote the original book that was adapted into the movie Fever Pitch. Um but high it was fidelity. like rigid, high fidelity. Um, Juliet Naked was originally Hornby. But yeah, I do agree that like, I guess that is what Tony Collette is being known for. I don't know if you guys have, uh, I don't know if this is like stepping on uh, like future episode territory, but I actually recently saw both Hereditary and I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Um, oh, I have still haven't seen I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Neither have I. Because I of the podcast, it's hard for me to watch new Tony material. Sure, sure. Although this is like, these are the actual good movies. Like, it's like... <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> but, oh, I know, I know. We've seen yeah. Hereditary, though. We saw it together. Yeah. I, I actually kind came of out. felt like, uh, I felt like she was almost trying to, like, flex her acting skill a little bit more in this movie but like wasn't really given the chance to because she had a few of those like she does like some of like those weird facial contortions and like stuff like that when she's like uncomfortable right and like i could see her like thinking about like pulling it out and then i bet on set she was like do i need to do this for this movie maybe not (laughs) and just like pulling right back into like the autopilot that's an interesting thing to note is because a lot of times when there's a weak script tony elevates it which she does here and sometimes if it's a weak script and it's like so bad, you can tell that she's still good, but she's, she just like knows it's not savable. So she just kind of goes like coasts, maybe with like one ugly cry scene at the end, like like two weeks, like um, what was the- Oh, for Lucky Them. Lucky Them, Lucky Them, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but this one, so I think she, she was so the heart of this movie. Like I thought she was so cute. And like when you find out that her son has special needs and she's just like trying her best, I literally cried. I, I didn't fully cry because the movie didn't let me, but I like almost cried like three times. Well, the movie should have just been about them. I feel like that would have been more yeah. interesting. Yeah. Like there I didn't want to watch a movie. More of them. I mean, I know they that that was a spinoff. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> a a long, sequel, but it's a longer way down. Yeah. <laughs> a short but, way up. <laughs> a long way laterally. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like, I do feel like if it was just her and another one of the three of them, right? I think that might have made for a more interesting movie. Yeah. Her and Aaron Paul. Or her no, and her Aaron and Paul, I think, would be cool. See, Aaron Paul's character, like, as... Okay, I'm also... I'm going to keep going back to that suicide scene. Cause yeah, it, I mean, it was wild. He went... So what? He went in the middle of his shift as a <laughs> yes. pizza delivery guy? <laughs> I think he, so. showed, I think he was... Could, nobody so, kills themselves in the middle of a shift. You kill yourself, like, before going to work or after. Look, so if we're going to break it down, he had the pizza... Which means that yeah. he was on his way. He was not only was he in the middle of the shift, he was in the middle of a delivery. Right? Can you imagine your pizza delivery guy <laughs> not getting his pizza yeah. to you? And you're just he like, kills himself? and you call them and you're like, DoorDash, where the fuck is my pizza? And they're like, actually, uh, the dasher is dead. <laughs> but the pizza <laughs> is intact on the roof in which he killed himself in case wow. you want to go look and get it. And then you have to try to get that <laughs> refund. <laughs> yeah. And then you show you up there and there's the these three other people. <laughs> who are still, who I guess waiting their turn to do the same thing. And it's like, hey man, this is my pizza and maybe you should uh, seek therapy. Also, I, I feel like, like... I Sorry. did think that it was a funny bit, um, Tony asking to kill herself after Pierce Brosnan. I really liked that. From that I moment, I was like, I, I was like, I'm down for this movie. Everything else that happened after, like I really, I tried to like it, um, but I just, it was one of those things where it's like, I couldn't, while I was watching it, I couldn't figure out what exactly wasn't holding my attention about it. But yeah. I think that you hit it on the head, Vivek, with the fact that nothing has any effect on what happens 10 minutes later. Mm -hmm. I did yeah. appreciate how, like, to the point it was, though, like, there, it never felt, like, too long or too, like, meandery. Like, they did have clear, like, beginning, and then they're, like, famous and then they go on vacation and then they wrap it up like it wasn't like yeah it, it it stuck to what it was doing um and the four-part structure helped with that for sure mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but like it was just weird and like i liked the fact that they were all became friends but there wasn't was enough nice. discussion about like why they were doing what they were doing you know what i mean yeah. like it yeah. wasn't like they were just kind of going places and like being quirky yeah i do think that uh something that i something that resonated with me was this idea of their suicidal ideation as just sort of like a fact of life like yeah like i want to kill myself it is what it is like i almost killed myself just now but now i'm alive uh but i do think that that has to go hand in hand with deeper investigation of like the reason beyond behind the suicidal ideation like the fact that the the fact that imogen's um sister went missing is almost not remarked upon at all save for like two scenes was really disappointing to me for sure yeah. well and it didn't like really clearly establish that that was the reason why i mean there wasn't like a clear reason for really any of them in terms of like why exactly they're so upset, I guess. There wasn't like a, like, I guess w one thing that I didn't like about this movie is like, I felt like it was kind of like suicide chic, if that makes sense, where it was almost like, uh, I don't know, it was like 
making it seem as if it's like this like lifestyle that's like I guess like quote unquote like cool right and like that's what I didn't like about it is it didn't explore like you know uh the deeper layers of that and like I understand that like a response to that could be like well we're making a comedy but like I feel like if you're going to make a movie about these topics you can't just like run away from what it really means right like if you're going to make like this and you don't want to deal with these things then just like have it be in the pizza shop and he works in a pizza and there's no yeah maybe don't make the entire plot for people tried to kill themselves yeah Yeah. it's also like they could say well we're making a comedy but the movie is not funny so that's (laughs) its own failure well the characters laugh at each other when they're not funny like they all like when they were all (laughs) bonding after the suicide and made the pact what they were like oh we wrote the pact on the back of tony collette's suicide note and then they all laughed and i was like what's the joke yeah, yeah that's so I british agree. though that's so british like say something random and then laugh so hard i really want to see like an old new york version of this that's just everybody being super rude to each other yeah like, somebody tries to jump off the 9-11 memorial or something. Yep. The Freedom Tower. Four people trying to jump off the 9-11. Oh, oh, you mean they jump into the fountain? I've actually never been, so I don't know what the... Oh, a true New Yorker, huh? Yeah. True New Yorker. (laughs) Hey, I lived it. Oh, yeah, you did. Okay, I will say, One World Trade would be the worst place to kill yourself. (laughs) People... Talk about not funny. Because if you're not done in by the fall, then I feel like there's always a lot of traffic going around. So it's like, um, you know, it's like a no-fail system. Yeah. Like, I, if you haven't jumped from high enough, then you'll definitely be killed by, like, a car. Yeah, I mean, you'll you'll be dead, but then afterwards people will be like, well, also, we lost thousands of lives on 9-11. Like, I feel like... Yeah. Well, there's four That's of true. us. If you... We if, can meet there <laughs> at, like, midnight... <laughs> Make a pact. <laughs> Make a pact, and uh, <laughs> we can do this movie. And by Valentine's Day, we'll be alive still. There we go. <laughs> um, what else should we talk about with this video? Okay. I, I will say something that was made very little sense to me. So Aaron Paul said his cancer was CCR. Yeah, he made it you Remember up. that part? And then he was like, oh, for because it was for, uh, uh, was it a uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival? That's yeah. not a grunge band. So, like, why is he, ju- he, like, I was hoping he would say something a little more in line with, like, the music he was making. Yeah. Geppetto. Well, also, I would, I would think that, like, if you want to make it up and have people believe you, like, why not just name a real type of cancer? Like, like melanoma? <laughs> like, everybody knows one. Oh, right. I have so brain like, why, do you, why do you make it up? Yeah. Thyroid. Yeah. That's, that felt like a very unnecessary detail that didn't really pay off at all. Um, it was a bad joke. The, the detail was that this guy likes this band. That was it. It was like, yeah. <laughs> all right. Like, yeah. So that also, was definitely weird. Yeah. What, I knew right away there was something wrong with that journalist. I'm so glad it turned out to be a journalist he slept with and not just a fan. Because when she came up, she was like, oh, your band opened for Alt-J. And I was like, there's no way you remember the lead singer of the band who opened for Alt-J. <laughs> yeah, Nobody yeah. even knows Alt-J. Yeah. 
And then he like finds out that she's a reporter and throws her tape recorder into the ocean, which I, I did enjoy oh, that scene. A triumph of like unethical journalism is this that woman too. like befriending a man under false pretenses, secretly recording their conversation. I don't know. That I think it's pretty badass. It boss. See, I think that I think that reporter is a girl boss. So I think she is a girl boss. Maybe if it was if it was another 007 movie, right? Yeah. And like mm. had like the secret to like some like extremely classified thing, but there's just like some guy who like whatever made up that he saw an angel. Like which who which publication is paying this reporter to do this? I guess is my question. Um, <laughs> Vulture. I mean, it goes back to our original. Okay. Thing of like, it's it's hard to believe that this would be like such a big story. Should we just talk about how good Tony is? Because I really want to talk about her as a mom to this son. Who that whole montage of her like taking care of him and like he goes to the swimming lesson and like all this stuff. Like I was literally, I was literally crying. And then he like has a um, what is it? He has like a mini heart attack or something. Yeah. And then they take him to the hospital and all the rest of the suicide friends show up and she's like, oh my God. And then the doctor's like, you saved his life. And she's like, me. Anyway, <laughs> that's all That's all I wanted to say. I actually thought what I really liked about it, and I wonder if she improv this or if it was in the script, but I liked that as he approached like the doctor, she immediately assumed it was bad news. Yeah, I was like, like, oh, that's like really real. That's like an extremely real reaction that like Mm -hmm. everybody at least feels on the inside. So I think that was like a really standout moment. That was like going to be my that was like my favorite Tony moment from. uh, Oh, yeah. If we if I don't know if that's like stepping on people's toes for this segment. (laughs) Oh, no, you're good. You're good. (laughs) We'll get to Um, it. (laughs) Usually, um, I just want to say something that made me laugh last week. Usually at like the end of the podcast, I'm like, let's all go around and say our favorite Tony moment, our best prop, etc. But last week when we were recording our episode about hostages, I was like, before we get to awards, does anybody have any like last notes? And Rachel Lander just starts going, my best Tony moment was this, my best prop was this, and my custom award was this. And I was like, the format! (laughs) Hey, it's season two now, Sam. We at least, we had a segue this time. He segued me into it. True, well, true. Well, we can go on to random tangents if anyone wants to, um, since the movie is so lack lackluster. Yeah. I did tell both Tony and Jake yesterday that we were going to need a lot of tangents for this episode, because <laughs> it's a boring movie. Um, so has anyone ever, oh yeah, you have one? Oh, I was gonna say, I don't know, it wasn't Tony Collette inspired, but the, um, it's just going into the pizza shop looking for JJ, and then her dad's there, and he says something like anti-Italian. Oh my god. <gasps> what was the point of yeah. that? To yeah. Paolo. He He's says it to Paolo, and then they they spend a good minute establishing that Paolo is the baddest motherfucker in all of London. <laughs> right? And I was like, damn, I would really not want to well, fuck with Paolo. And I was earlier like, we I see him watching right now? We see him making Aaron Paul cry at work at the pizza shop. Oh, did like, maybe I he's, they're standing that. behind a counter, and Paolo's like yelling at him through the glass, and then <laughs> then uh, Aaron Paul's like rubbing his eyes, he's, like crying. <laughs> oh. Okay, I don't know. I'm like, I... just quit your job, Aaron Paul. Like, imagine literally like, going to London and somebody being like, "You want to know who 
the fucking scariest person in this city <laughs> is it's the pizzeria owner <laughs> like i feel like if you yeah. own a pizzeria in england you lost already because mm-hmm. london's like Just, notorious for having bad pizza that's like right. one oh, of the really things they're known bad. for and all food is bad there yeah well okay fish and chips are pretty good well yeah, but are they though? I mean, it's just because it's the only thing they have. I also like shepherd's pie. I I am a big fan of savory pies, so I will fight you. Listen, <laughs> I had a meat pie in, in in England and I liked it, but now I'm a vegan, so I'm not Ooh. gonna go back. Just I kidding, can't I am. do I, I can't do English meat pies because I've seen Sweeney Todd and I know what happens. Yeah, <laughs> mm. I know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay there was a in the movie when they all first get on vacation and they're like trying to like they're like bo- having a bonding moment to show they're all together and then they're all wrestling in the water for a minute oh yeah that was <laughs> no one does that nobody does like that how- with, people, with people that they kind of know yeah well they already were on vacation together they were on vacation together but then they just hauled Tony Collette into the water and then all I know, of a sudden they're like we're having a blast. There's a moment nope. where either Aaron Paul or Pierce Brosnan like really like fucking punts her into the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I also thought it was funny because Tony was like, we don't have our swimming clothes. And then, and then you hear one of them say like, underwear is fine. And Aaron Paul's like, okay. And he takes off his shirt, but then keeps his jeans on. None and then they all just, and then they just get in their full, fully clothed. They get in, and then the next scene I think is when the Angelo, the waiters, like, "Are you all lovers?" And then Aaron Paul and Pierce Brosnan caress each other's faces, <laughs> and it's like, okay, this suicide pact. I mean, it would have been more interesting if they all became lovers. I guess. Yeah, they should yeah, have. Yeah, for sure. Literally every time somebody did something that the other one didn't like, and they would go, "But the pact." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would have been great if they were all lovers because then it could be what, a long way going down on each other. Like the title just <laughs> a long uh, way is going very down. long. Yeah. I did gasp when at the end they were all Skyping on the anniversary of their suicide pact. Oh, called and, and then they were Skyping and then Imogen, Poots, and Aaron Paul were actually on the same bed, which the audio would have fucked up. So I don't believe Yeah, that. I thought about the mm-hmm. audio too. Yeah. Like, uh, but I do think that... Uh, that was one of the clear, that was one of the many reasons that you could tell that this movie was made pre-Trump, right? Like or they pre-COVID because of the Zoom. Because yeah, of the Skype. <laughs> like the, everybody having a good time. Uh, all these things <laughs> that were going on that I was like, okay, like this is, this is a very 2014 movie. Pre-Brexit. Yeah. I thought it was very, because uh, the novel was written in 2005. I thought it was very 2005 for the news cycle to mm. last that long. True. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if it, if the movie was made now, you just, they'd kill themselves. <laughs> it would be a TikTok. And, and everyone would stand up and cheer. And we'd yeah. be like, good for you. Finally, someone's taking like, action. would be like, you know what? They got out. <laughs> yeah, Imogen Poot's character is like a TikTok star who's tired of the fame. Uh, mm. uh Yeah. They all meet on their shared roof because they live in the same apartment building and they can't leave. They haven't left in six months. Wow. It would be like a five-minute movie, for sure. So so do we know for a fact, so was it New Year's Eve or New Year's Day is the highest suicide rate? I thought thought it was Christmas. I thought it was Valentine's. I feel like New Year's makes no sense 
as the highest suicide rate. Yeah. I feel like Valentine's Day makes sense, but New Year's, it's like you're turning over a new leaf. So well, you just don't want to be in a, you don't want to be in another year, I guess. You don't want to yeah, make it. I'm, I should have Googled this, um, but instead I just go by my gut and now that's fact. I'm Googling What it. day would you kill yourself? <laughs> Ooh, well, okay. If I was actually sad. Oh, what? Wait. This is. Oh, apparently it's suicide is most common in the spring. There's not a single day of 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 suicides. Um, wow. In 2015, it was the 21st of May was the most common date to like just a random day globally. Yeah. I don't know. I, didn't I wonder if there's the ever been thing. a day where I wonder if there's ever been a day where like nobody kills themselves. Apparently, statistically, Wednesday is the most common day of the week to kill Hump yourself. Day. See. I get that, but you don't do it mid-shift. Yeah. <laughs> okay, listen, listen. I have, I've never considered suicide, but some shifts are rough. Oh, well, here's the thing. Mid-shift, you say guy, you're going to kill yourself. You say it, but you don't do it. Well, well again, just to go back to this, yeah, this is mid-delivery. True. This wasn't even mid-shift. Like, yeah. I mean, there's someone waiting on that pizza. So, but Dude, that you, makes deliver think- the, you deliver the pizza, you get the tip, you go buy yourself sure. a drink. You do it yeah, right. Then you kill yourself. But I, I wonder if he like, I wonder if it was a spur of the moment. Tony, thing. you sound like 55 years old. Like back in my day, you did it right. All right? Yeah. You went, you delivered the pizza, you got a drink, then you killed yourself. Back right? in my day, you sleep with a 15 right. year old, you marry him. Okay? <laughs> yeah. It's a wholesome family environment. I just think he was like making a delivery in the building and then he saw that the door was open on the roof and he was like, I'm going to kill myself. That, that oh, makes sense. That's so, a good reason. You're giving I them a that. lot of there. Yeah. Or like, you know what? Like it could have just been triggered by something very small. Like maybe the elevator was like too hot and the ride was too long and he was just like, oh, fuck, I want to kill myself. Wait, so and then, do you think the building was like a residential building or like uh, like storefronts? I, it had I think a it's name. Like a, it was like the I, topper building. The right? topper four, they were called, like the heating five. Oh, that must be a real building, right? I don't think it's real. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> They should have done it on the pickle building. The pickle building. Nobody would own a business or live in a building with the highest suicide rate in the city. Like that would be so much. Well, I wonder what that is in New York. I wonder if it's like the Empire State Building or something. I feel like it's gotta be a bridge because anything that's probably the Brooklyn buildings. It's probably the the Brooklyn Bridge, actually. But even that they probably have extra um, or at least like, I hope they do. They should have like precautions. Yeah. yeah. Should we trigger warning this episode, Sam? Um, no. <laughs> yeah. Ideation. I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up, and I can't like. There's Toppers London Limited, but that's like a real estate company. Hmm. Um. So they probably made up the building for yeah, the plot. That would make it. sense. Yeah. But there are just areas where it's like, because, um, what was it? Like in Japan, they have like the suicide forest, right? That's like a big thing. Oh, and they made that really off-color movie about it starring Natalie Dormer. Oh, did they? I mean, I think also just the general yeah. of this movie is that like, generally, we should not be making movies about this. 
unless you have a really, really compelling story that can actually help people. But like, I do sort of feel like uh, it's very difficult to make a movie like this when uh, potentially also, I, I bet with this movie, there were a lot of people creatively involved that didn't have a whole lot of experience with mental health personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then that's how you end up with like these kinds of things, right? And like, you know, cause like the movie, it's kind of a funny story as an example. But that I think is a little more responsible because it's like its goal is to like help kids learn about mental health and like young people and like it's kind of cheesy, but it's like it, it gets into the actual facts. Like there's a mental hospital and what does this mean? Like it's not like it's not like made up satire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, plus, See, it, like. The guy oh, who God. wrote it was actually, he had a mental health problem. He, like, actually has killed himself since then. But oh. I don't know if Nick Hornby actually, I mean, I'm not going to say he hasn't. We don't but know. I just feel like that's yeah, not his, know. like, platform. Sure. Yeah, so, sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Nick Hornby's thing is just, uh, like, music nerds who are, are bad at love. <laughs> I think that's Nick Hornby's thing. Yeah, like the child from About a Boy. Yes. Well, I guess oh, maybe like this every, is a theme in his work, so. Like every character in About a Boy. <laughs> Hugh Grant. That was a About long a time ago. That was a mm-hmm. while ago. That was when we were still recording in Queens. Yeah, mm. we used to record at the QED basement. Really? Okay, yeah. That's a nice, that's a nice uh, studio. Yeah. yeah. It costs a lot of money. <laughs> yep. It was very expensive. <laughs> and now we're doing it for free on Zoom. Woohoo. <laughs> Um, Has anyone ever notes. met anyone? Oh, sorry. I no, was just going to go. go on a tangent, Sam. No, you. No, this go. Is about I, the movie. I, I don't have huh. anything. I was just going to say, has anyone ever known anyone who faked cancer? Yes. I, I don't think to. so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. There was this guy I went to high school with who was a world class liar. He, one time, I was in a mutual friend's backyard. And he was like, hey, you like comedy, right? I've been thinking about trying stand-up. Could I, like, do some bits for you and, like, you tell me what you think? And I was, like, 14. And I was like, yeah, go for it. And he recites word for word this Dimitri Martin bit that I had, like, just watched. And I didn't know how to, like, address that. So I just said, yeah. Oh, so you let him finish. Like, you listened to the the whole thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I was just like, "That, that sounds good. Um... And then he like was out of school for about a week and he told everybody that he had cancer, but it was like a non-cancerous a tumor that he was getting removed. He was getting like a wart removed or something mm. from like his leg, but he told everybody that he was having this like crazy like stomach cancer taken out. I will say if you're 14, I like, that's kind of the age where it's kind of, it's okay to do that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like you're young enough that it's like, I understand like wanting to like make something up. Um, but like, I definitely have never met like an adult person who would do that. Yeah, you can't call sure out of work. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm hey, sure I got I cancer. <laughs> Sorry. But then you come, you come back two days later and you're like, hey, actually, it's fine. Oh, I wrote some stuff down in uh, that conversation that Aaron Paul has with the reporter before he knows that she's a reporter where they're just like competing over who's crazier. <laughs> and they're just mm. saying like the stupidest fucking shit. The journalist just goes like, I once set fire to my hair just to see what would happen. It's like, well, I'm pretty sure your hair would burn. Well, so she's did like, she... 
I, oh, go on. No, she's like, she's like, I carved my ex's initials into my inner thigh. Mm-hmm. That was but that's what I'm saying. That's another one of those like mental health, like she kind of things where it's like, they're mm-hmm. making it seem like it's like cool. It's like, a, it's literally a competition, right? It's like, I don't know, man. It's like, that was very uncomfortable to watch. I was like, this is not how <laughs> we should be discussing these things. Yeah, I mean, so did Aaron Paul then, then he saw those initials. Was she telling the truth about that or just not being a journalist? We have to know whether she had those initials on her thigh. Yeah. I mean, this is where I get to my main point. Uh, More porn uh, would have been great uh, in this film. I would have loved it. If we're going for like kind of like suicide chic, let's just like own it. Let's go suicide girls. Go all the way. Again, go all the way down on each other. Yeah. Tony's never cried in a shower before and I think she needs to. <laughs> in her life. I mean in the in the movies. She probably has in her life. Yeah. Would no because all, she deleted social media, but Who who hasn't cried in the shower? <laughs> it's the best place to cry. I don't know if I've cried, but I've definitely What? Well, I don't know. The water, how do I how can I tell? There's water on my face anyway. Oh my god. You can I'm basically tell. crying every time. Vivek, have you cried in the shower? I haven't, and I, okay, this is a little bit, this is a little bit sad, but I remember there was like this, like I was going through like a bad breakup, and there was a time where somebody gave me the advice to like just cry it out, and I was like, that's good advice, like I'm gonna do it. So like I entered the shower one day, and like I could feel it coming, and then it just didn't happen, and I was like. I don't think I can do this anymore. I was like, so, <laughs> I was just been like repressed for so long where I was just like, damn, I like am incapable of doing this. And that, that was honestly, uh, that was honestly scarier than, uh, than anything else that was going on. I was like, maybe I just can't do this now. <laughs> like, it's just like so repressed and so like, uh, just whatever. It's, uh, it's, it's that immigrant mentality, man. They like really get it spiritually that like, Hey, like you can't do this. Oh, well, I think that's a lot of jobs. I had the same thing growing up. You're just like, yeah, don't cry. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But, and then you internalize that a little bit. And then it's yeah. like your body just like figures out a way to like push it back down. And it's like, as soon as I would like think about crying, like my body would like replay like like a 360 dunk I had seen. And I was like, oh, that's <laughs> just like, whoa, what, what's happening? Like, how does that happen? Like, it's just like, yeah, it was, it was like a... I don't know. It's hopefully, hopefully my kids don't also have that gene. But <laughs> that sucks. Wait. Yeah. So when was the last time all of you guys cried? Mm. Oh man, that's a tough question. Um, like full blown. I don't know, man. That's I don't even know. I, like, I would say for the purposes of this, any a single tear counts. Oh, okay. Tier? Then definitely like in maybe in like 2018 for sure. Like definitely, oh my God. yeah, yeah. Whoa. Well, see, I usually cry during like movies, so probably like I don't know. I watched Lady Bird last night, so probably then. <laughs> Does that count? Are we going to give that to him during a movie? No, it that's but that's that's mostly when I cry. I don't cry during real life. Is that when you yeah, get out your? Yeah, because I, I channel my emotions, like, I, I feel like I agree, like, I, I don't suppress them, but, like, I'm never hit hard enough in the moment, usually, and then sometimes, and if I watch a movie, it releases, it's like, oh, I can cry about this, and and it's uh, it's about me, but it's through, mm. it's because of Laurie Metcalf. 
Mm. But it's like through me. So only Laurie Metcalf can draw tears out of me. (laughs) When was the last time you cried? Uh, Probably going through like breakup stuff. Real. That's real. I did do that too. I did that. I did that too. um, Four years ago. That was. Yeah. Rough. Uh, not fun. When, when we broke up with each other, you and I. Oh yeah, yeah. We were yeah, both. We were was, both in was, the shower. It was crazy. Was, we were we were in two separate showers in the same house. <laughs> we were <just> shouting <laughs> yeah, over we were crying, crying about each other. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Have we reached the end of the you know, regular discussion? <laughs> I did have the thought when I was watching this movie, like, I got a feeling talking about it, I'll have to reference the last time I cried. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, definitely it was, uh, I, I like, as we started watching, I was like, oh, I'm going to have to like, I don't know, I'm going to have to be like very emotional during this. But we, we did make it through. We made it through and we're going to all meet up at the World Trade Center in four and a half hours. <laughs> Love that. Okay. Uh, yeah, if any, if nobody has any other stray observations or other notes that they want to bring up, we can move on to awards. I'm ready to move on. Okay, cool. So here in the Tony Awards, uh, we give three awards to each movie, first of which is best prop. So Vivek, what was your best prop? So I'm, I'm going to piss Tony off by doing this because it's my best prop and I bet it's his too. But it's definitely the pizza, right? It has to be the pizza. Oh, okay. I'm going to uh, disagree. I'm going with the ladder at the beginning. Oh. <laughs> okay, because again, there are so many questions. He brings the ladder into an elevator and everyone's just cool with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end, he like doesn't bring the ladder back down, but it's like, you're designed to live. Yeah. You're not going to keep a ladder? <laughs> like, what? Gonna so is that, that a normal ladder, thing? Ladder. Is that a normal thing people do on when they're killing themselves? Is like, I don't think so. Put, stick a ladder horizontally out from the building? Well, and then... I think... Cause, uh, cause there was that barbed wire separating like the edge of the roof um, with like the, you know, uh, Jake, what was your best prop? Um, mine was Tony's, um, cardigans. Um, mm. she wore like 50 different colored cardigans throughout the movie and she always had one on. I don't think she never didn't. So I thought that was a nice, like endearing home, homey touch. She was in full mom form today. Yes. When I watched the movie, my best prop was pedophilia. What was what, what was everybody's best Tony moment? <laughs> well, I guess I already said mine, but I'll say it again. It was definitely when she got up before the doctor said anything and assumed the worst. Because I was like, "What a real moment!" and "What a what a nice moment within this otherwise horrible movie." That was, I guess, my <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mine was. Like uh, was- oh, go on. Oh no! Please, you first. Oh, uh, I was just, I mean, I don't know if it's a great, like, acting moment. Just the sequence of her, like, helping her son, like, when they, like, come back from the vacation and it's her talking about, like, weeks later. Because that's also just, like, a tough thing as an actor to be like, hey, we're going to do all these shots of you working with this other actor who... Cannot respond in any way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if the person playing her son was actually... I was curious about that as well. Like he, a disabled person, or was he like an actor? Like, I, I'm not sure. I think it, yeah. I'm guessing well, real disability. Because my, like, um, I, will, I will never again trust 
actors because remember when we had to watch that movie the black balloon with yes. the uh the actor who was playing a character who was like super super low functioning autistic um when she was that, his like, mom yeah not not that low functioning versus high functioning is like an effective method to like demarcate different types of autism because it's not but like he got all his character had all of those low functioning traits and he played mm-hmm. it very very believably and it turned out that the actor um was mentally like well like he 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 wasn't autistic in any way so right. now i'm like fucking like an actor can do anything uh i will uh <laughs> just counterpoint that with uh Tony Collette's son had no lines in this movie, and there's no way you portray someone with that severe of disabilities and don't get lines. <laughs> True. Yeah. That's okay. Fair. You're you're really Unless gonna give me that pay a, cut? A, come on. Deleted scene. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Uh, I don't know. I've, that's interesting. Yeah. What was your best Tony moment, Jake? Oh, mine. Um, I liked when they were um, on the beach. I just wrote it down for some reason. I don't really remember why, but she, when they first got there and Tony's just staring at the ocean, like the sun is so fierce and the sea is so sparkling. (laughs) No one is like, oh, she's so cute. She's like, (laughs) never gets to go on vacation. (laughs) So that was it. On holiday. Mm -hmm. Uh, My, my best Tony moment was also, at the vacation, but it was when Tony was talking to Pierce Brosnan at the buffet and he was being really weird and she was being super normal. I thought that that was really nice because she spends so much of the movie being so like timid and so like, you know, low status. I thought that it was really refreshing to see her sort of come into her own in that moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the next award is a custom award that can be anything. So what were your guys' custom awards? Uh, my custom award, award uh, for worst swimming performance was Aaron Paul getting rid of the audio files. Because I don't know if you, like, if you watch that scene, they just showed him, like, floundering in the water from different angles. And, it's, and he was worse than uh, Tony Collette's uh, physically disabled son at swimming in the film. Because later on, Tony Collette's son kills it at swimming. The yeah, teacher's like, hey, he's amazing at this. This is great. Aaron Paul needed that swimming lesson. He was so I bad. thought he was trying to drown in that scene. Well, uh, yeah, I agree. That's what I thought. I hope he was. He should have stuck some rocks in his pockets then. You can't just go into a, an ocean and drown. Yeah. Well, you can if you go far enough, I guess. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But then he was in the buffet in the next scene, so... It didn't matter. So that also just completely destroyed the gravity of that moment entirely, yeah. right? <laughs> it's like I, I do want to point out the soundtrack for this movie was way too intense. For, oh, I liked the soundtrack. No, I mean the the it, it felt like those were kind of the best moments because that actually conveyed the heaviness of it a little bit. But like juxtaposed to what was actually going on, right? It was just so weird how like serious the soundtrack was versus like what they were actually talking about. On that note, my custom award is um, weirdest slash best soundtrack, I guess. Um, oh like, my Because it made me so, um, like, it, it, the soundtrack, I feel like, in certain parts was better than the movie because, like... Yeah, for sure. Each character, though, had, like, a different kind of underscoring. Like, Aaron Paul had, like, the grungy and then, like... I don't remember what 
Imogen Poots had something weird. It, it was just like, I was like, this movie doesn't feel like it's meeting the soundtracks. It's not meeting halfway. That's what I have to say about it. There was a really weird moment during that fight in the buffet. They had very um, oh, yeah. kind of like happy, like quirky music mm-hmm. playing that I thought um, worked against the scene. Oh, and they all give each other black eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Multiple black eyes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They got both of them. Yeah. Uh, what was your custom award, Vivek? So I spoiled this one too, but it was for baddest motherfucker in London to a power. <laughs> like uh, that was, it's just right there. The award was sitting right there. It was, it was just, that standoff lasted so long. It was like, uh, I really wanted it to be a different movie at that point. <laughs> also, I will just jump on with, I feel like what Jess's dad, his entire character was just people going, you suck. He's like, that's what everyone says. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's just so resigned to that status. I'm a dirtbag politician. What do you want out of me? Yeah. yeah. That would be nice, though, honestly, if all politicians were like that, if they all felt inherent shame at all times. They that would be should. Good. Yeah. That would yeah. rock. I mean, if all the politicians would just go on a roof, but, like, mm. not make a pact, I'd mm. be for it. For the pizza. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, my custom award was worst cover band. Uh, when oh, they're on vacation, <laughs> there's that band that's singing "I Will Survive," but in this like really weird key. They're just like, first I was afraid, and I they're was adding petrified. words. <laughs> they're like making it slower. It, it was. was really it was just very odd. I thought. Mm. <sighs> okay. Well, I think that we've come to the end of our podcast. Uh, does anybody have anything to plug? Uh, I'm working on like a YouTube show with Melvin Taylor, who some of you guys may know. Uh, and it's on his YouTube channel. So if you look Melvin Taylor I, I, up on, on YouTube, you can find it. Well, that's our <laughs> podcast. Bye, Thanks for everybody. coming, you guys. Wait, am I the Thank only one that plugs something? Nobody else oh. is going to plug anything?